Welcome to season two of the Love Good Podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. So excited to be sitting down with my former trusted co-host, Janae Trudell, today. That's right, the one and only Canadian who once used to walk the halls of the Love Good office and studio and sit down at our booth and record episode after episode. She's also part of the duo Jay and Joe, as well as the Trudell family band. She is touring most of the year, especially on weekends, uh, outperforming at festivals all over Canada. She just happened to be in Nashville for a few weeks, so not only did our apprentices have the great jewel of being led by her during Love Good Academy several mornings in a row, but even just all of us around the office and the studio just love having her around because Jenea, like very few people, embodies what Love Good is all about in every imaginable way. Not just because she's this brilliant singer-songwriter, but also because she's got this heart of gold and this deeply lived experience of beauty and truth and goodness in her own life. So much of which has come out of brokenness, has come out of suffering. And uh, today, one of my favorite things that we talked about was this tension that so many of us feel in keeping our hearts in the heavens, which is to say, never stop dreaming, never stop living deeply from the heart, but also keep keeping our hands in the land, which is to never forget the the practical day-to-day realities of life and to be faithful to them all the way through. So anyways, stay tuned. It's an amazing show with Janae Trudell. We'll be back with her in just a few moments. Fast cars and mason jars, they're all the same to me. Why does it take so little to sweep me off my feet? Starlit skies and hazel eyes, all these will pass me by. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. Uh, I know I've mentioned this, even hinted at it last week, mentioned it in the intro. We do, in fact, have a very special guest joining us all the way from Saskatchewan. Honey, of all places, honeymoon Saskatchewan. That's Canada, people. Let's have a round of applause. A welcome back <laughs> to Jenea Trudell. Hello. Wow. So good to be back. Wow, the co-host of season one, if I don't, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, is the trusted co-host. Trusted co It's usually co-host. how you were introed. I never knew what that meant. <laughs> Me neither. And uh, I almost got like a feeling when you walked in the studio because I was like, oh, wow. That just reminded me of like back when we had no idea what we're doing. <laughs> and we still don't really know what we're doing, but we yeah. are well into season two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's been a joy to have Alana Boudreaux co-hosting season two. It's it's a little bit different format. So Every other week, you know, we have mm-hmm. Alana. And then on the off weeks, you bring in different artists and thought leaders. Only a few weeks ago, Matt Marr, Cimarelli. And now it's almost like the stars have aligned <laughs> yet again, Janea Trudell. So Janea, fill everybody in. I actually think up until last week, I hadn't seen you since Easter Sunday or Mm -hmm. Easter Monday, and we were on a different continent, and things probably felt very, very different in your life because that's just how life works when you're 23, you know? (laughs) Things change fast. Mm -hmm. Um, How was your spring? How was your summer? And why are you back in Nashville? 
Yeah, I'm well, good question. <laughs> I'm doing well. We did some work all together as a team in England. I popped over to Rome by myself for a week after that, which was awesome. Popped over. Such a casual just thing. Just popped over. You know, you just hanging out in the it on over there. <laughs> yeah. So good. I mean, you really did Rome right. Yeah. You were hanging out with some of my mutual way. friends, but my goodness, yeah, the stories, yeah. the pictures. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Did you see the Pope? I did. And I think he saw me. Oh. Yeah. I had I like a moment eyes. eye to eye. But uh, everyone says that. But I'm pretty sure it happened. Yeah. I've never said that. So well done. Yeah. And yeah, then you were uh, so straight from Rome to. Straight from Rome back home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back home to Saskatchewan, I picked up a few jobs, jumped right back on the road with my family and then with my sister and our little duo band. You let's remind everybody because you've got a lot of different creative and artistic things happening. Yeah. Right? Maybe one day you're going to have a solo career. Let's just go and hold that out as a possibility. That's very exciting. Yeah. I've sure. actually only ever seen you play by yourself except for the one time. Your dad was in town, right. and he played the the rice, the the, the, the little box of rice. It was rice. like a, yeah, yeah. It was perfect. It was a shaker. <laughs> a shaker, a box of rice. Maybe it was a box of macaroni. I think it was like a, like, it was a great moment. It? A spi- steak spice or something. doesn't matter. Everybody was crying. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. But was actually, cute. I only kind of know you as a solo artist. I mean, even some of the Fireside House concerts you've done for Love Good. I've never seen you even perform with your yeah, sister, Jalissa. weird for me. But that's how most of the world would know you, Jay and Joe. Or... Mm-hmm the very least most of Canada would know you as the Trudell family band, mm-hmm. like as part of that. So, yeah, you've obviously been surrounded by a lot of creative, artistic opportunity in your life. Yeah. I mean, only a few hours ago you told me something about, I hope I can say this, you were a <laughs> provincial celebrity by the age of five. <laughs> what does that even mean? That sounds so cool. Were you like the Shirley Temple of Canada at one point? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was. It, it just... I don't know. That's how my life started. I was the oldest in my family. My parents were super musical. I was fighting with Seamus Dolan in the sandbox at 85. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I don't know. I was a different kid. I was super confident. I was like, love being on stage. I still, I mean, I hope I'm all of those things still. But there was something like, there was an innocence about it that was like really different than, I think when we grow up, we just kind of for- forget how to be free a little bit and care a little bit more what people think so I didn't care about anything and I love being on stage and I would be hired as like the guest artist for these big festivals and my dad built me this little wooden box that I would stand on so that people could see me because I was so short and little age five yeah 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 wow yeah so yeah we go way back we go way back dad and I especially playing together so yeah and it's it's never stopped since then it's changed a lot I well, I have three younger siblings and the six of us are with mom and dad are all still traveling together and we spend most of our time in the summer in our big motorhome or RV crazy. and yeah, Joe and I are doing well. We're, as soon as I get home from this trip, I'll jump on the road with her and we are traveling with a woman named Amanda Hagel. She's an mm. awesome Canadian country artist and we're kind of a part of for like a special guest in her show. So yeah, it's just a continuous thing, but it changes. It has its seasons, and definitely, like, I've had my doubts about it all. It's interesting, though, for me to reflect for a second here yeah. on the fact that you are and have been for a long time in a family band. Mm-hmm. It was only two weeks ago or so that we had Cimarelli. A month ago, we had Annie Moses Band. Yeah. Last spring, we had The Hunts. Is, okay. is this sort of like, most people who know me know I'm obsessed with families, especially big families, especially, like, family bands. I really stand in awe of the whole thing. <laughs> 
But that's just an interesting. Everybody does, thing. except for the people that are actually in it. Yeah, because it's <laughs> like it's yeah, tough. you have to be a little crazy. It's really. tough, but it does seem like it's a part of the love good DNA. We like our family bands. Maybe it's just part of my DNA. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's really cool. So you literally jumped right back on the road, at least on the weekends, with your your family all summer, huh? Yep, yep, wow. all summer long. Mm-hmm. And, and up, right now, even yeah. even till Christmas. So it's and now fun. you're at Prince Albert. Prince Albert, which most of us don't really know what that means, but yeah. you know, Saskatchewan, Prairie Land, middle of Canada, mm-hmm. pretty far from a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. most things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. There's like an inbuilt, inbuilt piece there. I'm kind of. Well, I mean, to catch you up, I've it's been like a pretty quiet little time after, especially my time here in Nashville, which was so full, really like fast paced and full, beautiful, but, you know, was a lot. So I went home and picked up uh, a few courses and worked, like picked up a few jobs, still toured with the family. And I'm now kind of gearing up to possibly start a little solo project, a uh, little EP and Julissa, my other my other half, she's in school right now. So we both we both kind of are feeling we'll probably make another album with Jay and Joe, which is really exciting, and we're ready to do that. What's your most but, requested song from that album? Huh? It depends on the crowd. Homesick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Grace guys, like... I think is the one that really. Mm, yeah. Every time. Oh, thanks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love that one too. I don't know. You kind of. It ebbs and flows. I think everyone gets sick of every single song they've ever written at some point. <laughs> Do you know where I was when I actually listened to that album from start to finish for the very mm, first time? No. I, re- I was listening to it in July. Okay. After I had just gotten from my grandfather's funeral in Atlanta back to Rome where I was leading a pilgrimage. Okay, so oh, I had wow. literally gone from Rome to Atlanta and back in less than 36 hours, mostly to oh. catch the funeral. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a crazy time, but I had nothing less than a mystical experience walking through Rome train stations, the underground, they call it the metro. I mean, I was mm-hmm. just literally in a sea of people in the sweltering hot July. And uh, my one consolation was grounded in light, I'm telling you. Hmm. It was a great moment. Wow. And I had listened to bits and pieces, but not the whole thing all the way through yet. Yeah, I don't so even know really if I've done that. So. All the way through? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, weird. Wow. You go through the whole process and I think yeah. you're a little weary of it in the end. Oh, that's beautiful. I had no idea. I have a hard time sometimes listening to our podcast for the same reason. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to hear myself say that again. <laughs> I, I heard know. it once in real life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, here we yeah. are. So it's really, really fun to have you back in Nashville. Um, you know, one of the things that is so interesting about about actually both of us is that it's not even just the art and beauty and culture piece. It's just, you know, not only the the belief and patronage and rallying behind a community of like-minded artists. I mean, those were the things that would have originally connected us four years ago. But the thing that brought you to Nashville, and I'm sure is a big part of your being back here now, is this apprenticeship program. And it's been a huge, huge gift for me to watch these 18 to 25-year-olds really come into their own, like in a sense to come Mm -hmm. to know themselves, to really find their mission and ultimately to feel empowered to to go and change the world. It's a very precious thing, this nine month gap year experience. I'm actually just curious because we don't talk about it enough on the podcast, mostly because not many people who are in this studio with me know about it, Mm -hmm. right? They might like hear footsteps upstairs where where some of the the gentlemen live, but let's be real. Like it's, it's very few people who cross into all those worlds at once and you're Mm -hmm. one of them. So 
What's it been like being back? You you led for us twice this week, Love Good Academy, and mm-hmm. everyone out there is like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> no, Love Good is not an academic institution, but we've started to really do a lot to invest and train and form our apprentices, mm-hmm. you know? So it's everything from leadership theory and small group development all the way down to like how to pray, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how to be a person of great character and integrity leadership development, all, all kinds of really interesting stuff. So a little bit more organized than a year ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yet it just feels really right to have you back mm. in the mix. Mm. And I'm sure you've enjoyed the apprentices as much as they've enjoyed you. Yeah, definitely. Not feels that way on my end, too. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I do feel kind of a, a natural, like, older sister complex, <laughs> like I did last year. And also, like, this really profound like unity with them and their like their desire to like be you know fully themselves to learn to grow like exponentially in the in the in the course of a year it's amazing what they're exposed to especially in like a city as unique as this as like nothing I've ever experienced before so yeah it all just makes a lot of sense to me and it's amazing to like receive from it and then be able to give kind of like yeah embolden and and give tools even to them just like a lens through which like to look at life and learn about themselves and what's around them. So yeah, it's just, it's, I, I leave like ama- I come amazed. I leave amazed and encouraged and braver. Mm. It's cool. <laughs> so. Cause it really is a year about becoming more fully human, more fully alive. And I would even say more fully yourself. Yeah. This morning you were, you were talking about how the, the more we really step into our humanity, the, the fullness of this human experience, the more distinct, beautiful, gloriously different we all become as mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis once said. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because you, you, you can see easily how you can come into contact re- with reality when you're living in the country, which is where most of your life has been spent. Yeah. 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 It's a lot harder in the concrete jungle of, of a city. Mm-hmm. And there's something different about Nashville. I think we can all agree yeah. on that. But this morning you were quoting, I'm assuming, Jalissa, <laughs> when he talked about the layers of concrete between us and Eden. Mm. Like basically that how many people go months at a time without their bare feet even touching grass mm-hmm. or soil. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very urban dwelling people. Mm-hmm. And I think that removes us a little bit from reality. We get a little bit stuck. I certainly do. Like I'm just like very easily caught up behind my screen, whether that's my phone or my iPad or my desktop or my laptop. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say how many Apple products I actually have in my possession, you know? And I'm curious, you know, what was it like going from the country, honeymoon, then off to beautiful little Bruno, Mm -hmm. then to Nashville? I think I took for granted how easy that transition appeared in you. And yet it's a very different thing to live in a big city, at least a big-ish city. Yeah, yeah. But you often talk about the humanity and the culture that you see here. And that's that's really cool. It says something about what's working, even though this is not maybe the same place as, as the country. Or, yeah, what's it like? What was that transition like going from the prairie land to being a city girl? Yeah. <laughs> Never been referred to as that. Briefly. It's a new I day. mean, you lived yeah, here for six oh, for months. Sure. You're back here now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you braved Rome. Yeah, I did. And London for a weekend. a lot of cobblestone. (laughs) I think, well, well, the transition wasn't easy and did kind of rock my world. And I think I came 
to Nashville and I would have come to any, you know, big, to me, it's a big city <laughs> with a, like it, probably an embarrassing amount of, of like skepticism in me. And I had to be convinced that like real authentic, you know, culture, community, even like vulnerability and connection could even, it could happen in a place that seems so disconnected from, you know, what I grew up with. And this sounds so like pomp, but it, it is like this innate, there's something, there was something so endearing and clear to me, you know, as a kid, like watching the farmers, you know, plant and then pray <laughs> that that it's a good harvest and then harvest and being in the barn with my dad and, you know, watching a calf be born. Like just all of these, you know, all these things were, I took for granted about like how much they taught me about life and what's really important and what's actually in our control and what's not. I feel like that can be a little bit blurred the bigger a place is. At least that's what I thought. And I still, I think, I still think there's, it can become diluted in a, in a big city. It's inherently easier to live in reality when you don't live amidst as much distraction yeah. as, as, as we do most days. Yeah, easier yeah. in the sense is like you can you understand what reality is, but it's actually more difficult. <laughs> it's not as efficient. You know, you're working, you're working harder. You're depending on like the laws of nature to mm. like, you know, make the world go round. That's not a vulnerability that a lot of people have to live in, and I don't think that's where everybody has to live in at all so so I but it did instill in me like this understanding of what makes the world turn and what's what's really important and what I actually need you know I I need a lot less than I think I do or feel that I do you mind touching on that a little bit even this morning you hinted at it during Love Good Academy this kind of connection between creativity poverty giftedness Mm -hmm. I mean, I've thought about those things fairly independent of each other for most of my life, but to kind of merge them all into the same little thought process about what it means to be human is really pretty interesting. You might kind of hmm. divulging. The more, I guess, I can only speak for myself, but the, the more that I have, even like, even beyond possessions, but we'll use like possessions, comfort, stability, even financial stability, even like having a lot of like friends <laughs> or even, even, not even friends, like I don't think... Please know that I'm not saying it's it's. Janae wrong to does have not friends. want to be your I don't friend. Want friends. It's officially <laughs> on the record, people. <laughs> no, but these like like endless connections mm. or like you know I'm making quotation marks with my hands. You know connections that just like end up diluting everything. And I think for me, I've been given a lot. Like I I grew up, I was given I was given everything I need and more, and definitely saw you know my parents, my family work really hard to to make that a reality for me but I wasn't naive to like the the suffering that that kind of you know demands of somebody like any good you know like any birth Mm. (laughs) demands like you know that process it's painful so that's why I was talking about the poor this morning with the apprentices and something about something about poverty that leaves people at the very least free from distraction, possession, all of these things that, you know, the rest of us, and we're all poor in a sense, like, let me make that clear. And let me make clear that I'm really not like glorifying, you know, poverty in any sense, like trying to approach it with a lot of reverence. But I do think it's harder for us who, who have been given much 
and who like like you said like live in that concrete jungle and and we can live in that in the country like trust me <laughs> mm. we can be like really disconnected out there especially because like it can be quite isolating you can create this little like complex around you that you don't really ever have to escape ever <laughs> but I think it, we we have to work really hard to learn what matters, what we actually need, like to the core. And I think that's why, you know, I, I, I've never really, I've never been to a third world country and you know, I've never done mission work over there. I've had really close friends that do and it's very, just very consistent. And it's almost a cliche to say, oh, the joy that they have is so striking. You know, they have nothing and yet they're so happy. Like we've all heard that. And I don't know if we stop to think about why that is. And I think it's, you know, obviously because they don't have as many things to cause them sorrow, <laughs> mm. but also they know who they are. Like they know who they are apart from what they have. They know who they are even apart from like their simple things that are luxuries that we take for granted, like their health, running water, knowing all the members of their families, having them all living. Like those things are, those are, we don't think of them as luxuries, but they are. Mm. And their connection over there is so, so rich and so authentic. And that happens, you know, that happens anywhere. It happens in this city. It happens for me back home. So anyway, I feel <laughs> like I'm spinning my tires a bit, but it, it is all connected for me. Like this call to, to self-gift that we're all supposed to step into and the, the death to self that that kind of demands of us. And then, and the humility and also this like, kind of wild desire that it brings out in us kind of when mm. you when you you know you you skip a meal accidentally or like you I don't know <laughs> you you feel really hungry and you get usually you know cranky <laughs> peckish yeah peckish uh-huh. grumpy um or like being extroverted over here last <laughs> last week I I just got like run around the circle over and over and over again trying to get to Naples Florida I literally spent 12 hours just going from Nashville to Charlotte to Knoxville to Charlotte and eventually back to Nashville and what happened is I was surrounded by an ocean of people mm-hmm. in multiple airports all day long I didn't have very many interactions which meant I came back a raging extrovert yeah. and uh <laughs> I was maybe fun for the first five minutes, and then I was sort of like ready to just like, I don't know. Wow. I was wearing people out. Like when you got back. Yeah. It's like this, like I hadn't, you know, eaten in a while. Yeah. I hadn't I been see. around my people in a while or anybody. Huh. And then suddenly there's this wild desire that just sort of came out in a lot of goofiness. Yeah. And a lot of desire <laughs> yeah. to just hang. When people had things to do, you know, I was ready for a party. Nobody else was. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's so good. But that, I love that phrase, wild desire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah poverty brings that out of us. Mm-hmm. We all experience it at some point. Just like mm-hmm. the, the poor that we typically think of are, yeah. they're, they're in that all the time. So I want to live with wild desire that I can trust, you know? Yeah. Like the trustworthy wild desire. And how is that, you know, how is that like purified and honed? Over? It's through. Yeah. It's through the fire <laughs> it's through like loss and suffering and whatever fill in the blank you must yeah. become fire <laughs> who's that it's like apparently this like old monk dude oh. i don't know anything about him huh. but that's my line right now that's cool you must become fire i like that yeah me too hmm. burn me up you know yeah. not like in a weird way obviously yeah just everything <laughs> that's not good everything that's not worthwhile hmm. everything that's not truly wild you know, burn it up. Like the good wild. Yeah. 
Well, I'm just on a rant in my mind right now because I this is like reminding me of last season, Janae. There's so many moments where you would say something like that is something I'm going to have to think about for days, <laughs> weeks, and we only got 25, 30 minutes. Mm. I'm curious. Yeah, what's it been like just to kind of come back and to be in the mix? I know for all of us, it's been a great joy, but you know, like it's not easy crossing the border as you found out. And uh, I mean, I've gotten to a point where, you know, they start to really look at me funny when I try to go back to England three and four times a mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Like You've been here a lot lately. Uh, why? <laughs> and, you know, I'm just continually visiting friends. That's, that's usually what it says in my visa. You know, what's the hope that you would want to give people who maybe like me have felt like they've wandered at times? They're trying to like chase after that wild desire or that deepest fire in them. Maybe particularly those who aren't artistic mm -hmm. and creative in the traditional sense. They, they maybe don't know quite how to bring all that to life in themselves. Uh, even this morning you were talking about, you know, our our lives can become that work of art. That's probably not quite how you put it. It was not mm -hmm. as cheesy, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, how do you live with wild desire? How do you bring beauty to the forefront of your life? And maybe most especially when you're not creative yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's a question that I've got a lot. And I'm sure any artist out there who is like, you know, in contact with the people listening and it, it like breaks my heart. People have come up to me and been like, man, I love what you're doing. I, I just wish this or that, you know, I just wish I had, you know, some sort of gift to give. I wish I had some talent. I wish I'd been, yeah, I wish I had stayed in piano lessons. <laughs> I wish I had, you know, you know, kept writing when I could have. And now I have a million kids and can't, you know, like just right. so many, so many people like aching to participate in this act of like creation. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And it breaks, it breaks my heart, not because I feel sorry for them, but because I am like one of them. <laughs> and I, I know the ache of, you know, feeling your, feeling the wild desire and like the tension between that and my like overwhelming deficiency mm. and somewhere in between there is this preserved reality that of of us just being a gift like as we are to me that's like what bridges the gap between those things because I yeah I'm an artist I can write songs whatever but I might you know I might lose all of that one day I don't know what's gonna happen you know mm. I I'm not going to take that for granted. And it's it's not so deep in my identity that I pray that it's not, that I would, that would be crushing to my, it would break my heart, but I would still be myself. I would still be human and I would still be able to give, and maybe it's a bold thing to say, but I like, I would still be, you know, as much of a gift and be able to give as powerfully, if not more, just as, just as myself. It's not a cheesy thing to make you know, people feel better who don't feel like they have any artistic vocation at all. It's not what it's about. It's just like, I think everybody feels in their bones that we were created to create, like that, that, that's how we were brought here. That's how, and that's what we're supposed to do while we're here. And I think every artist that's being really honest with themselves can sense that it's not actually all them doing everything. Mm. You know, no artist, no artist has ever really had an original idea. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Artists, we, we take what's already been created and we, we shine it through the really unique prism of ourselves in a light that's never been seen before. That's beautiful. That's worth giving your life for. Of course it is. But 
yeah, we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think that we're, we're making this stuff up. Mm. It's intrinsic. Like it's, it's innate in us. Joe, my sister will say, I was just on the phone with her last night, kind of talking about the tension. And I'm not sure if, you know, I'm talking about this little solo project I'm wanting to do. And she's off in culinary school. And we know that we'll probably part ways, at least musically one day. And I'm just like all of a sudden kind of running into a lot of insecurities and fear of like, what if I don't have it in me? What if I, you know, I'm not skilled enough, yada, yada, yada. And she just reminded me again, like I, yeah, you're an artist, you're a human being and your, your artistic medium is your life. Like your art is secondary. Your art is, your art is not excess, like excess, like it's not valuable or useful but it's it's a that's a subset of your life which you'll always have as long as your heart is beating you know what happens with your gift when you give it you give it wholeheartedly it's not to be you know apathetic and like well my I'm 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 just a a work of art anyway so whatever (laughs) like try your best you know like step fully into the potential that you feel like pulsating in you develop the works of your hands well and then what the rest is not your business <laughs> mm, yeah. not 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 your business like you shouldn't care but i mean like you know if people respond well and if you're loved in it all of these things that torture us especially as artists it's like deep deep because you're so vulnerable all the time it's just like innate to your your career your vocation or whatever it's like crushing when you're not received the way that you know you've given and mm. the way that you want to be received but it, it it says nothing about you. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm awesome. just ranting here again. The too. phrase <laughs> that kept coming to mind was uh, suffer the chiseling. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, if I was a slab of marble and Michelangelo was having a go at me and I was going to look anything like the David by the end of it, I'd say, let's go. Mm-hmm. But it would hurt. And I think that's so much of life is the greatest beauty comes out of the the suffering. So suffer the chiseling. Yeah, it's sort of what I see happening in our apprentices every day, which is why they inspire the heck out of me. Well, Jenea, Mm -hmm. I am so happy to have been able to sit down and uh, be in the studio with you. Obviously, we're hanging out, you know, more than just here in the studio. People, we are real friends, real life (laughs) friends. It's been a joy. Nashville's better for having you here. Everybody at Mm. the uh, old station inn was just sort of ready to roll up the red carpet. We literally (laughs) got like backstage access thanks to Janae Trudell over here. And standing room only, but not for Janae's fans. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Janae, thanks so much for doing this. And um, we'll look forward to the day that you may be our our yet again a city dweller. (laughs) That would be great. Peace. on a star but that won't mean nothing to my homesick heart homesick heart why do you cry you've got an empty feeling but you don't know why and you don't take to pretty things or music or art oh what will it take to please you homesick Janae Trudell, everybody, what a joy to have her back in the studio. It's about this very week, a year ago, that we were no more than maybe three episodes in to season one. Frankly, we had no idea what we were doing, but I knew that Janae Trudell understood love good probably better than I did. And just having so many of these kinds of conversations with her, not just today, but all over season one, 
was a real privilege. In fact, you ought to go back. If you've not listened to some of those initial conversations we had with Jenea, it's just one heavy-hitting, beautiful conversation after another. I got a really exciting announcement. Actually, this week on YouTube and Facebook, we're releasing a brand new video series of myself talking about so many of the, the stories behind Love Good and specifically the, the philosophy around what we do and why we do it. So the, the first video releases this week, it's basically how a house concert tour became a global movement. Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear the connection really that that media has with culture, that media has on the soul, and really the place that beauty has and, and bringing beauty to the forefront, not just of the media that we curate, but even the lifestyle that we live, how that actually has a transformative power about it. So for those of you who are just getting on board with Love Good or you're looking for some quick and easy but beautiful videos that really get into the undergirding of what we're about. Hop on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, check out our Facebook page. Very easy to find. Just type in Love Good Culture into a search engine. You will find us. And these videos are going to be really, really fun to watch unfold over the next few weeks. So anyways, we love you guys. Hope you're having an amazing week. We'll be back as always next episode with Alana Boudreaux. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the Love Good podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.